0: All in, intercede, to to invest and interact with people is what we're about this year in 2015. And I want to talk to you about radical community, okay? Radical community comes because that's what people are hungry for. That's what we need. And it needs to be different somehow than what we've always tried to make it become. Uh, And so... I almost talk about how we could be that kind of community here at First Baptist Lindale and and build bridges to people outside our church and and care about people beyond these four walls. And so, because I I know this community uh, can make a difference. Community is about people. And people is simply relationships happening and relationships are the building blocks of the kingdom. If we're going to uh, bring people to the kingdom, we need to be, focusing on people, not on programs and not on personalities and not on traditions and buildings and stuff, but we focus on people because that's what really matters to God. He loves people more than anything. So uh, I want you to look at me as we just talk about two things. The community, first of all, that's going to be radical must care. The community must care. We got to be caring. So So what does that look like? Luke chapter 5, there's a great story. Let me read it to you. One day, while Jesus was teaching, now prior to this moment in Luke, he had just healed someone of leprosy. And if you'll understand that about leprosy, leprosy was a horrible disease. There was no cure for it. You died a miserable death, alienated from society. Now, the only cure for leprosy was God, according to the book of Leviticus, If you got healed of leprosy, it's because God did it, because nobody else could. And today nobody can heal leprosy but God. And so he had just healed a leper, and the person had become completely whole. Now that got a lot of people's attention. And they were kind of like, man, that's pretty amazing. We got to hear more about this guy. So he's teaching in somebody's house. And some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. Now it seemed these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea as well as from Jerusalem. Now, this meant the Pharisees were the real religious people of their day. They were the guys that knew what, you know, they kind of interpreted the Bible for people and enforced the Bible on people. And, and they had even the clothing they wore, they had Bible verses down the, the borders. And they kind of made themselves pretty obvious. And they made a lot of people uncomfortable. And they were real skeptical of Jesus because he did some things they didn't like. He did some things they didn't understand because they were saying, you know, you should be this way and you should behave this way. And and you guys, Jesus, you're not doing that, man. You're just kind of doing this different thing with people. You hang with people that we would never hang with, and you, you talk to people we would never talk to, and you touch people we would never touch. We're not sure you're the real deal, although he was the very real deal, and they weren't. The Pharisees were the religious people of that day, and uh, they were judgmental, they were critical, and they made life pretty hard for everybody else. And these people came to basically examine and investigate Jesus and see if he measured up. Now, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. Now, here's what's happened. Jesus is teaching in this house. It's packed. Man, look, it's great. And there's some men that show up carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat because he couldn't move, obviously. And they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but... They couldn't reach him because of the crowd. Couldn't get through the front door or the back door. And so they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. And uh, then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. What an amazing story. What's happened is some buddies formed a community around their friend. Isn't that what community is? It's when you come together with people that you care about and spend time with, and show concern for. So what does this thing look like when we care for people? Well, I've I've got an acrostic for you, C-A-R-E, and here's what the word care means. First of all, C means to be concerned for a person's spiritual condition, to be aware of their need, and their and their hurts, and their pain, and how somehow you can make a difference in their life because you simply come to care. You have to be concerned before you can care for someone. You have to know them. And know what's going on in their life. There's a concern. These guys, these four guys had a buddy who was paralyzed and they're going, we're concerned about you, man. We know your life's crazy, it's awful, it's unfulfilling. You just can't do anything. You can't really enjoy life as we do. And we're concerned about you. And and let me tell you, we're concerned about what's going on not only on the outside, but also on the inside. What's happening inside your life? And we really want to do something for you. And we've heard about this guy named Jesus who healed a leper. And that is miraculous. So we want to take you to him because if he can heal a leper, he can take care of you. And so they came together, said, we're going to meet, we're going to get this guy, and this takes four of us because we'll each get a corner of the the mat and carry him to this house. And they took off in there just to get it, and they're concerned. The challenge for us today is to be a people who are concerned about those around us. Can I tell you the problem with the Pharisees? They weren't concerned about anybody. They just liked showing up, doing their thing, but they weren't concerned about people. If we're not careful, the church becomes more like Pharisees than Jesus. Yeah, we do. Man, we become that examination board and that investigation board, and we, we put people under the magnifying glass and pick them apart. It's not what we're supposed to do. Concern for a spiritual condition. Man, concern for what's going on in that person's life. To do that, you just, you you gotta have, first of all, something inside you that cares about people because you realize God loves people more than anything. He really does. And if we're gonna be like Jesus, we need to love people more than anything. The second thing in the letter is A, that means it stands for available, meaning willing to be an instrument of grace. Grace, because we've received God's grace. He gives us what we do not deserve because he loves us, and we should be giving to others with grace. And we, 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 we begin to extend that grace. The young people you saw earlier were instruments of grace. They were sharing their, their, their struggles, their questions about their relationship with Christ, how they were, were experiencing and expressing that. They would make themselves available for a group of their peers on Sunday night, and I thought that was pretty incredible. We need to make ourselves available, willing to be instruments of grace, to talk to people and and to invest in people and to interact with people. That's what we do. We make ourselves available. We make ourselves accessible. The, The letter R stands for resourceful. We need to be resourceful. What one can't do, many can. Be creative. Now, see, the guy said, we're going to come, and we're going to make ourselves available. We're going to get you to Jesus, but you got to be resourceful. They got there. They couldn't get through the door, and they're going, man, this is is unbelievable. And they could have said, well, we've tried, but it's just no good. We just can't do it today, buddy. Sorry. Next time. They said, no, no, we're not going to stand for this. The people wouldn't get out of their way. And so they said, we'll just One of the guys was real creative. I always wondered about this conversation. Can you imagine the four guys sitting there? They're a little disappointed because they can't get in. And one guy says, I got an idea. I got an idea. What is it? Let's go through the roof. And the rest of you got to be kidding. What do you mean? We ain't never done that. Nobody's ever gone through a roof. How are we going to do that? They'll think we're crazy. They'll get mad. They'll get mad. He said, I don't care what they do. We got a friend who's paralyzed. We're going to take him through the roof. And they all agreed. They became resourceful. They climbed up on the roof. And back then, those houses had flat roofs. Okay, they didn't have the, what we have. They had flat roofs. They got up there, and they began to move the tiles away. Now, can you imagine what's happening as Jesus is teaching and, and kind of dust and dirt's kind of falling from the ceiling and, and they're hearing this commotion, this noise, and all of a sudden the, the sun shows through the roof and, and then the, then the shadow of this man being passed down through the hole, down to the floor in front of Jesus. Had to be an amazing thing. These guys were so resourceful. They had to figure out how to get to the roof, how to move the roof, how to get the guy down. And they did all that. Why? Because they cared about him. That's all. They just simply care. The challenge for the church today is we need to care about people enough to be resourceful. The truth is sometimes those outside the church don't believe we really care because we don't care. And they see it. Maybe we're too busy. Maybe we're too preoccupied. Maybe we're too selfish. Maybe we're too judgmental, and therefore we don't care. But these guys cared. They weren't saying, you know, you're paralyzed because it's your fault. The Pharisees would have thought the guy's paralyzed because either of his own sins or the sins of his parents. His buddies weren't doing that to him. They are saying, man, you just need to get relief. Man, you need to get beyond this, so let's do something. Let's make it happen. Some people quit too soon. Figure out how to get past the barriers. You've got to be resourceful. We're going to be doing this. When you talk about this faith card, you know, we've been doing this for many, many years. We're going to have to change some things about it because culture's changed. People have changed. I want you to, if you would, I hope you'll commit to be a part of this for 10 weeks, to come up on Monday night, hang with us, and go out and just minister to some people and love on some people and care about people. That's what we'll do. Hopefully, you'll do that. Hopefully, you'll be a prayer partner for those that are willing to do that because that's what makes things work. Hopefully, you can do that but, but here's, here's what we need to know we already know this for example one of the barriers is people no longer like for you to show up at their house without calling first so we're going to have to figure out how to do that we just can't show up at somebody's house and say surprise we're here from the church they're going we don't want you to come in the house it's their house it's okay see we get mad Well, no no it's their house they don't have to let us in we need to figure out how to deal with that differently. Where they'll feel comfortable, where they'll feel cared for, without necessarily being invaded. You know. Got to be resourceful. Letter E stands for enthusiastic. You need to be excited about what Jesus can do in someone's life. He makes all the difference in the world. He really, really does. He makes all the difference. It's amazing what he can do in someone's life. Because it's amazing what he does in my life. I mean he loves me unbelievable. I, I can't believe he loves me so much. Because I don't deserve it. I'm not see I'm not better than anybody else. I, I I get that, but he loves me like I'm his favorite child, just like he loves you. Man, you're the apple of his eye. He cares about everything you go through, everything you feel, everything you experience. He wants to be a part of your life that much. And so I just get excited. These guys were excited about what was going to happen with their friend. They just knew what would take place. Sometimes you got to care. You just simply got to care. You got to get involved. You got to get connected. You got to step out there and do things differently. Second thing I want you to get is this. Community enjoys the difference when something really happens in someone's life. Luke chapter 5, verse 20 through 26. Let me read this to you. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. What a statement. Now, I'm sure they were all going, what does this really mean? (laughs) His sins are forgiven. Well, his sins are forgiven. We all got sins, guys. Every one of us. And we need forgiveness. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That we could be forgiven. That we could have a relationship with him and go to heaven with him forever. I mean, that's what that's all about. So he said, your sins are forgiven, which is good news. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, who do they think he is? Man, who is this guy that he would forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. That's blasphemy. Only God can do that. This man ain't God? Oh, but yes, he is. Matter of fact, he's going to prove that in just a minute. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? You see, they were already skeptical. They were judging him. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? A good question, isn't it? Now, which is easier? Let's be honest. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? Well, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven because nobody can tell if it's happened or not, right? Nobody knows that. You can't see that. Oh, but when he said, stand up and walk, everybody could see that. This is a guy who's been paralyzed. And now he's able to stand up and walk. So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Some things are pretty significant about that. Number one, he'd been paralyzed, which means he had no muscle strength. Okay, The miracle was that he was able to get up. The miracle was he was able to carry his bed, his mat, and he was able to get on out of there. He wasn't limping. He wasn't dragging. He was completely healed, completely, like he had never been paralyzed. Do understand it? I mean, really, that's big. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up and jumped up. See, man, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Jumped up. Picked up his mat and went home, praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. You see, the community enjoys the difference that Jesus can make in someone's life. This man was set free from his bondage and his burden all on the same day. The bondage of a paralyzed body and the burden of carrying his sin. He got set free from guilt, and, and, and he got set free to really know, to know God in an incredible way. That's what care does when we care for people. People are set free from emptiness and hopelessness. It's gone. That's what happens. Two stories I want to share with you. Then I'm done. One is this. I, uh, some time ago, I began to struggle in my own life because I just knew the people I'd always known, and I began to want to say, "I want to meet other people. I, I want to care about. I want to care about other people. I want my circle of friends to grow," and and that was important to me. And so, one of the ways I did that was I, I always played golf. I play golf every Friday and every Saturday unless something amazing happens, okay? And, and I always played for years and years and years and years with my, my preacher buddies, and, and I, had, I played with a deacon and a, and, and a couple of preachers. And That's what I, you know, I played with every Friday and Saturday we play. And I enjoyed that. That's cool because I like playing golf. But one day I began to realize, you know, I'd like to get to know some other guys here. I, I, I don't know these guys. I never never play golf with them. And So I, I determined one day I'd play golf with them. I just showed up one day and said, you know, God, I'd like to play with you all. And, and uh, at first I don't think they were real excited, you know, but they kind of go, okay, okay. And it was humorous because every time I'd start playing with a new group, they'd say, we want to tell you the preacher's playing with us today. I'm going, guys, it's, it's okay, it's okay, really, I'm fine, you know. I won't break. I'm fine. And, and so uh, that became a thing. So now I play with these guys. I still play with my other buddies some, but I play with these guys. I enjoy getting to know them. I've had a chance to get to know them, talk to them, and pray about stuff in their life and, and kind of minister to them. And I, and I really care about them. Man, I keep up with them. Well, I, I didn't realize what God was teaching me in this until... Um, I went into the club one day and talked to one of the guys that works there. He's a, he's a real neat Christian guy. And, and I, was, I was telling him some things. And I said, you know, I'm really enjoying playing with the guys. And he said, man, can I tell you something? I said, yeah, go ahead. He said, you know, they didn't used to like you. Said, well, thanks for the boost and morale there. He said, no, they didn't used to like you. He said, you guys that come in and they, they would say, there's those preacher guys. And we don't, you know, they don't like. You know why they didn't like me? Let me tell you why they didn't like me. Because they thought I didn't like them. You know why they thought I didn't like them? Because I never talked to them. Never asked about them. Never did anything with them. Basically ignored them. And they said the guy must not like us because he ignores us. And so they didn't like me because I didn't like them. And how life works? That's pretty real, isn't it? That's how life works. That's how people do life he says, yeah, they didn't, they didn't like it. They used to say, oh, there's a preacher's coming, you know, they're coming in, and, you know, they just didn't like us. And then he said, but it's different now. That's why I sure am glad. He said, yeah, Tim, he said, man, they like you. I mean, they really like you. They say good things about you. And they won't let nobody talk about you. They won't nobody say anything about you, or they, they won't let nobody make fun of you. They're just, man, they like you. And, you know, they kind of, they just, you've become their friend. I have. I care about these guys. And because of this, I've also had opportunity to get to know a lot of other people. It's pretty. It's one of the greatest experiences of my life. Because somewhere you've got to start caring. You've got to make yourself available. You've got to be resourceful. You've got to be, you got to say, man, I, I want to know what's going on in your life. And I want to pray if you're going through a hard time. And I, I want to walk with you through the valley if I need to because that's what people do. what they do. Uh, some time ago, a, a guy showed up for church here. He was kind of scary because he was, he was he, you could tell he was physically strong. He had tattoos pretty much all over, neck and arms, and, and some of those tattoos identified him as being part of a gang member. So I'm thinking, and he came in and and, and he sit over here during Sunday school, and he was talking to a couple of guys in the band because he was trying, kind of drawn to the music, okay? Well, I went over to talk to him, and I was introduced as a pastor, and he did not want to have anything to do with me, anything. I mean, nothing. He wouldn't talk to me. He's, almost, he's really rude to me, actually. And I kind of go, man, I, but I'm not going to let that discourage me. I'm going to say, man, I'm glad you're here. Hey, hang around, worship with us. Love for you to be here. You know, he had his, you know, and he said, you know, I don't know what he said. I don't think I can repeat some of it. But anyway, uh, he said, uh, so he came to church. He hung around for church. And when I gave the invitation, he came down. And, and when I said he had tattoos, I was aware of that he was a gang member. That the tattoo that caught the most attention for me was the one that indicated he had killed somebody, which they have those markings on their face. And I already picked that up. I'm going, dude, this guy's, this guy's for real. Right, we came down, and I didn't know what was going to happen when he got to me. I'm thinking, I don't know if I made him mad, what's going on. But he gets down, and he takes my hand. He said, I want to apologize to you. I said, really? He said, man, I, 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 he said I, I wasn't kind to you. He said, I don't like preachers usually. I said, well, I don't like some of them either. I understand that. <laughs> I, I do, man. Some of them are tough. He said, I don't usually like preachers. But he said, uh, you were kind to me. And I just want to say I'm sorry. Well he started to walk up and say, whoa, whoa. Let me pray for you. Man, let me pray for you. And we stopped for a minute and we prayed. And, um, I kept my eyes open, but I prayed for him. Me <laughs> never know. Hey, no, I pray for you, but I, I'm keep my eye on you. But uh and I talked the guy a bit after service, and his life's a wreck, and he's going to—he went—he's to, going to prison. He's going to prison, but he came by. Guys, somewhere we got to care. I mean, we really do got to care for people. You know what I've discovered from from hanging around my golf buddies and a lot of people that I've just—you know—I've—I've I've got to know over the—you know—over the long years of ministry. I get because I—I like—I like people, and so. What I've what I've learned from so many people that I talk to on a regular basis, or sometimes I meet in the marketplace or at the store, or at the golf course. People that that are that don't go to church, they don't have a problem with Jesus. They really like Jesus. They have a problem with the Pharisees. They don't like the Pharisees. And sometimes the church becomes like the Pharisees. Man, we're too judgmental, too harsh, too mean, too unkind. I'm so glad Jesus isn't that way. Because if he was, I would have never made it. And you wouldn't have made it either. man that we will be a community that cares